The second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is that it is free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. You're listening to Spurs Cast, episode 617. My name is Paul Garcia, and I'm your host here on the Spurs Cast. Today, I'll be joined by Project Spurs writer Benjamin Bornstein. In this episode, Ben and I will discuss the latest on Becky Hammond becoming a finalist for the Blazers' head coaching job, another Kelly Oubre Jr. rumor, and we'll discuss players projected in the Spurs' draft range after the lottery results. Let's go to get started. Ben, how are you doing? I am great, sir. How are you? I'm doing well myself. You know, we're here in the um, you know in the off season. Where I really wanted to have you on this week specifically because we got the uh, the results for the draft lottery. No surprise there. The Spurs ended up with the 12th pick in the first round, and then 40, 41st in the second round. So, so we have you on here, Ben. Here, Ben, just to kind of give us some players uh, to start looking at for Spurs fans. You know, as the draft approaches in the next month on July 29th. All right, so let's first begin, Ben, with there's quite a bit of news here. You know, for being an off season uh, type of week. Uh, the first bit of news is Becky Hammond, uh, current Spurs assistant coach. Uh, she is um, continuing to be interviewed by the Portland Trouble. And she has actually moved up in the head coaching search process for them. According to Sham Sharania of The Athletic, Becky is now a finalist for the Portland um, head coaching vacancy. And this this is historic because it's the first time a woman who has made it to the final steps of the, the head coaching search process for any NBA team, according to, to The Athletic. Uh, then Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN.com reported that uh, it's Becky Hammond and Chauncey Billups who were each given um, second interviews, a second round of interviews by the Blazers. He also mentioned that Mike D'Antoni, who is a Nets assistant coach, is currently still in the mix for that job for with Portland. Um, we do also know that Becky has interviewed with Orlando for their head coaching position, but there hasn't been any kind of, um, you know, any other reports regarding the Atlanta, the Orlando job. Uh, we do know that there's currently five head coaching vacancies left um, right now. There's a Washington Wizards gig. There's a, the Pelicans job. There's the Portland job, the Orlando uh, job, and then the Dallas Mavericks uh, open position that just opened last week. And we do know that two um, NBA head coaching positions have been filled. That's the Celtics who hired former Spurs assistant coach and player Ime Udoka and then just this morning, you and I are recording this on a Wednesday. Uh, Rick Carlisle Thursday. was hired. Or Thursday. <laughs> Look at my, my days are all off. Yes, uh, thank you for correcting me there. Um, <laughs> so on, on Thursday morning, um, the the, uh, the reports came out that Rick Carlisle will be joining the Indiana Pacers. So so two jobs are down out of the seven that were open, and there's still five left. Um, what are your thoughts on, on um, Becky moving up to the, as a finalist in the Portland head coaching search? 
And real quick, there may be a sixth job that opens up if the Bucks don't get it done in this series against the mm. Hawks. But uh, as far as Becky Hammond goes, I think I actually think the two best spots for her would be Portland and Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think Orlando would be a better spot for her. I, I get a bad feeling that if she goes to Portland, she's going to get scapegoated if the if the Trailblazers don't do well their first couple of years and they've got they've still got CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard there and they don't do well the first couple of years, I think she, I get a bad feeling she's going to get scapegoated, even though the GM and the front office haven't done a very good job of surrounding their guys with good role players and players that can stay healthy. So um, I, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, Portland gives me bad vibes. Whereas if she goes to Orlando, she has a very, it's a much more fluid and open situation where they're like, you know what? We are completely in a rebuild you know, we have no qualms about losing. We know it's going to happen. We just want to see improvements from our players and, frankly, our young stars that we have. And as long as she can kind of bring that out in those guys, it's a success. She can grow with that team as a head coach and hopefully, eventually, make the playoffs and become contenders. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I really think, like, out of all these jobs, Orlando's probably the best one. It, just, just throwing in all of them because there's so much pressure in the other ones where, you know, Washington, you got to keep Bradley Beal and, and, and Russell Westbrook happy. You got to keep them, you know, try, trying to build them a, a, as a playoff team continuing. The Pelicans, we saw the whole issue with um, Stan Van Gundy leaving and then all the pressure that's on that franchise to keep Zion happy. If not, you know, he could he could look to, to look to move later on in the future. Uh, Portland, like you mentioned, Dame Lillard, you got you to try to build him a championship roster right now before, you know, even before he starts saying if he wants to leave. And then Dallas, too, you still got Luka there, who, you, who they have to try to to, to to build a championship contender around as well. So I really feel like Orlando would be the best spot where there's not as much pressure where, where they're not going to blame the coach immediately if things were to go the wrong way. Uh, and so just not just for Becky, but for any head coach, I think that out of all those gigs, I think that Orlando is that one right now that, that that where it looks like there's more growth for the coach, you know, to, to, to develop with this young team, especially after they just got a, I didn't think it was like number three in the lottery. I think they, so they got, huh, they got a, no, the, which one did they, they get? Su- seven? They were supposed they were, to get, they were supposed to get a top three pick. They got the Bulls pick, which is number eight. eight. And then Ooh, the one, the one that is theirs is five. Five. Okay. Okay. They have two. Okay. So they, they got. got five. They, they have two in the top ten, but they still got majorly screwed. I, uh, a buddy of mine showed me an incredible stat on that, by the way. And the like, the fourteen times they've been in the lottery, they've, uh, or the last fourteen times, or whatever it is, eight times they have picked exactly where they're supposed to, and the other six times they have moved down. They have never moved up in the lottery draft. Wow. And the, and then he also told me uh, somebody did the math on it and they said the likelihood of that happening, what it was a 2.7% chance of that happening. Oh, wow. Oh my. So, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. So, so again, like I, I, I keep, you know, even though Orlando, yeah, they, they didn't have as good draft look, I guess, um, you know, it's still, I, I feel like that's a better situation amongst yes. those, those other teams that are out there. All right, let's go to our next bit of news. And this is just a quick um, little um, update on the um, summer leagues. Uh, apparently the Salt Lake summer league is coming back. The Utah jazz announced that this past week uh, it will be held August 3rd, 4th and 6th. Um, there's only going to be four teams participating. It's going to be the Spurs, the Memphis Grizzlies, and then Utah is actually going to have two teams that they're going to host. So they're going to actually build just two teams, I guess, uh, at a different contracts and then, you know, ha- have enough for two teams. Um, so just real quick on this part, I, I, I just, I, I guess I would just do a quick little prediction here for the Spurs roster. I'm assuming um, Lucas Simonich will be part of this group. Uh, Devin Vassell, 
Trey Jones, whoever the Spurs draft uh, with the first round pick, if they keep it. And then also um, whoever they draft with the second round pick this year, uh, if they keep those. Do you agree that those players will probably be the ones back in uh, joining the Salt Lake roster? Or do you think one of these players might have to might not might not need to go to, to summer league? Well, I would say that Luca should go. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I think it'll be a little odd because I think he's a he's going to be a third year player by then. Yeah, they don't you don't usually have a third year guy playing, mm-hmm. but um, I think he needs to go and just needs to get some reps. But um, I could see them holding back Devin Vassell just because they I, they probably feel like they know what they have with him. Yeah, but I would still say he'll probably be there. Trey Jones should be there, mm-hmm. and they will they will absolutely have whoever they pick in this draft will be going there for sure unless. They do well, even if they do something crazy and they move up to a top three pick and get a guy. I imagine they're still going to have him play summer ball, but it probably it might be a, a less minutes just because they don't want to take any risks. Okay, yeah, I agree with you there too. Um, you know, if anyone's going to be held back from that, I think it's going to be Devin Vassell, just because, like you said, he's he's a part of the rotation. They kind of know what they had. They they got to see him in, in a lot of minutes last year, and you know, unless they want to give him like what they did, uh, like in the second or third year with Kawhi, where they kind of like basically boosted his his um, responsibility in the summer league, where like they let you they they let a player have more opportunities to do different things. I don't know if that was Kawhi or Kyle Anderson, one of those those veterans before they you know they turned into who they were as players later on down the road. They, they got those opportunities with the Spurs summer league teams where they got to do a little bit more responsibility, especially on the off. Of it. So maybe they'll do that with Vassell here. And then uh, lastly, um, you know, we, I've, I've, as we discussed, you know, the Spurs did, I mean, the lottery did take place this week and the Spurs landed the 12th pick in the lottery. Uh, they didn't, they didn't move up. They weren't able to. And then they also had the 41st I mean, pick in the second round. And we'll discuss some, some players at those ranges a little bit later in this episode. Let's continue. Uh, here we go, Ben. Another free agent rumor again with the same player oh actually from last week, oh Kelly Oubre Jr. So a week ago, you know, Spurs cast listeners, if you listened last week, you know that we discussed uh, Kelly Oubre Jr., Mike, Michael DeLeon and I, because at that time uh, there was rumors that the Spurs were, were one of three teams who had interest in him. Well, now there's a different outlet. Uh, this is a Bleacher Report per uh, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report. He's reporting that um, in his latest write-up on the Warriors, he discusses uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. And he, he lists a few teams that, 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 that have interest in Oubre, but the Spurs are one of them. And here's his, his sentence for, about the Spurs. Um, several Spurs players appear eager to land Ubre in San Antonio, according to league sources. So that's that's the main uh, er, uh, key takeaway there. He also wrote that I, I guess they were kind of insinuating that if, if DeRozan were to leave, that opens up that spot for Ubre to kind of fill in for that three and D um, spot there for the Spurs. Uh, you know, one thing that's new that I didn't know last week this wasn't reported was that Ubre is seeking twenty million dollars annually in, in his next contract per Fisher of Bleacher Report. And as Michael uh, DeLeon and I discussed last week with the numbers from Profit X, uh, we, we discussed how how the projections for for uber are not near 20 million they're actually low 13.8 million to high 17.8 million and the suggested value from profit x is 15.8 million and just uh you know kind of just reiterate what i said last week on on Ubre. um he's a six seven wing uh balanced three and shooting threes and attacking the basket he's inconsistent he's an inconsistent three-point shooter in terms of accuracy though he do he does have a, a good volume he takes a lot of threes for you um shoots 38 percent on wide open threes um he's good on the offensive glass for his position he's good at drawing fouls on the defensive end he has really good numbers um good defense a rebounder and, and and at blocking shots for his position uh plus he gets steals uh, he was second on the warriors in deflections fifth in contested shots and fourth best on the warriors and defensive field goal percentage so here we go again ben um what, what are your thoughts on another rumor with the spurs and kelly Oubre jr can we please stop already is it is it too early to to want these rumors to stop i'm also you know what i'm it's such a coincidence too because i'm also seeking 20 million dollars in my next contract with the project spurs actually so you know kelly Oubre and i have that in common i suppose 
you know, we're, we both have very inflated feelings about what we're owed here, but um, he's, it's, I don't understand where that rumor comes from. I don't, I haven't seen anyone else report it. And the fact that he wants 20 mil is insane. I mean, if, if you are a rational human being and you look at the numbers you put up this year, if you're Kelly Oubre and you look at the impact you had on your team this year, how can you possibly say I'm worth $20 million a year? My, my skills and what I bring to your team are worth $20 million a year. Now you can't. However, Someone is probably going to pay him that much because that's how the market works in the NBA. Teams love to overpay. And a guy almost never takes less money to be in what might be a better winning situation, whereas, or, you know, compared to, oh, well, I'm going to get paid more money. I don't really care what the situation is. So I hope that doesn't happen. I think, I don't think you'd be a great fit. He's a guy, like you said, does not shoot threes at a high enough uh, efficiency to warrant the Spurs spending money on him. They need shooters and he's not it. Yeah. So we'll see. And, and, you know, not only are the Spurs linked to him, um, the New York Knicks are obviously linked to him as well. And, and, you know, no no surprise. Those are the top two teams pretty pretty much with cap space this coming summer. I think the Knicks Knicks can have him. Yeah. So the Knicks have like 53 million. The Spurs have like 49. So yeah. Go go screw up your playoff team Knicks, and and grab some guys you don't need and who are not going to make you better. Go ahead. Go for it. Please be my guest. Yeah, so, you know, that's just one of the players who we're going to continue, I think, to hear rumors about. And, and you know, this is going to be – we're having, we're not even close to the free agency yet. That's not to August 2nd. So I think we're going to t- continue to see. Phenomenal. Um, and Can't you know wait. what? I think that just because the Spurs have so much cap space, like for, like I mentioned, $49 million, I mean, they're going to be one of those teams that are going to probably be there for a lot of free agents where it's going to say, you know, the Spurs are linked to this player just because, again, I think maybe also, the, you know, who, who knows if like their agents are trying to, to try to tie the Spurs in because that's that's a, one of the teams and, as, and the Knicks as well who have a, a lot of cap space. All right, so um, let's move on here and let's go ahead and – and look at some some updated um, picks for the twelfth pick in the first round and the forty first pick in the in the second round. And so what, what I've done here, Ben, is uh, we're going to first talk about some players currently on our Project Spurs draft board. And again, the way we, we do this is um, we take a, a bunch of different mock drafts. We 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 look at where where some players are in in the twelfth range, and then we also um, you know average them out and see who's popping out in the average uh, of these. So let's first discuss a few players here that are there, and then we'll discuss uh, some uh, other players uh, who who you re- recently wrote about with the, or, or helped out with the Josh, but this for an article we'll discuss in a bit. So let's first begin with who's kind of on the draft board right now in that 12th uh, area. So the first player is Franz uh, Wagner of 6'9 out of Michigan. What do you want to say about him? Uh, I would like to say I like him very much as a player, but also more specifically, uh, very versatile player, uh, good forward. He's not a volume shooter right now, but he is efficient in, in the few shots in the few three-point shots he took, he was making over a third of them, which is what you want to see at the NBA level. So he can be a good shooter uh, if you can convince him to shoot a little more, which I think the Spurs will be able to do. Um, good defender, can probably guard two to three positions, can stay in front of most smaller guards, uh, is not quite big enough to really bang with uh, like the bigger fours and fives, but maybe maybe someone on the smaller side who's playing – uh, four there would be would be a guy you can guard, but a uh, guy I like very much. Again, he, he's fairly young too, mm-hmm. uh, especially for his grade because I believe he's a sophomore. But he's I think he's still a year younger, so he's not as old as other sophomores coming out of college. What do you make of him not going to the combine? 
I, you know, this year is a little weird. I don't know what to make of a lot of guys not because mm-hmm. there have there have been a fair amount of guys who have not gone, and yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's because someone's given them a guarantee or they're kind of realizing, you know what, maybe I'm not ready. I'm going to go back to college for another year. I don't think that's the case with Wagner. I mean, he's going to be yeah. a first round pick, so I think either he's got a guarantee or he's he doesn't want to take any chance and say, well, I don't want to be exposed on some level, so I'm just not going to take the chance. I'll do individual workouts. I'll do interviews and I'll do all the testing and call it a day. Okay. Yeah. And he, and he's like projected from eighth at the, at the, at the lowest all the way to 15th at the highest right now. So he's right there in that 12th range. Our next player is James. Uh, is it book night book night? Yes. Um, six, five out of, out of UConn. Um, and he was at the combine. What do you want to say about him? Uh, good guard, good shot creator for himself. Still not a consistent three point shooter, but I think some of that is, because of uh, COVID year, and he had an elbow injury. He only played 15 games, so that's going to – I think his confidence was shot a little bit, but if you can get him out there, get his confidence going, and get him shooting right again, it's not going to be an issue. But uh, not a great defender. He's mm-hmm. okay. He's serviceable. And, uh, again, a guy who can go out, create his own shot, can get to the rim a little bit. I don't think he's a great finisher at the rim. He's a little on the, I mean, he's six, five, but he's a little light. So, um, on the weight side, so he will, you know, he'll have to bulk up a little bit to really absorb contact and finish in the paint, but still a solid player. Yeah. And it's interesting too. the mocks have him going at seven as high as seventh and others are in the wow. teams. Yeah. yeah. Seven is um, pretty high. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to our, our next player is uh, Corey Kispert, 6'7", out of Gonzaga, and he is also at the Combine. I have not made it a secret at all that I very much like Corey Kispert because he, mm-hmm. much like Cam Johnson, is a professional shooter. Yeah. All right? Now, a lot of people have talked about they have issues with uh, his release and it being a little low, but at the same time, he still made it work for four years at Gonzaga – his last two years, he shot over 40% from three. He was almost a member of the 50-40-90 club. So it is safe to say that that should translate to the NBA level. He will be a shooter. He Another guy who is serviceable on defense, he will be able to guard other threes. He has the strength to do so. Uh, he will have to work on his quickness a little bit. Okay, and yeah, and and if if he were to get taken, I have I see here two mocks have him going ten. If if he were to go just two sp- uh, spots before before the Spurs, uh, next up is Jalen Johnson, six nine player out of Duke. Uh, he also is at the combine. What do you have on Jalen Johnson? Jalen Johnson, I've gotten a lot of uh, comments about Jalen Johnson the last couple weeks or so. Um, mm-hmm. This is a guy who has some personal red flags that you have to figure out. No health issues. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, he kind of roamed around in high school. He, he changed high schools a couple times. People aren't really sure what was going on there. And then, of course, he he didn't finish his season at Duke. So people are curious about what's going on there. You know, if you can clear those things up and you feel comfortable with his background and with those answers, I think it's a pretty solid pick at 12. He's a guy. He's kind of a point forward. He can he can run your offense in a half court set a little bit. He's actually very good in transition, much better in transition. Um, he'd have to work on a few things in the half court, but uh, he's, he's also not a great shooter right now. He can be a bit streaky at times, but when he's got smaller guys on him, he can post well. When he's got bigger guys on him, he can straight line drive by him. So he's he's got a few tricks in his bags, but he's still a bit of a mystery just because you you don't have – 
you know, a full season's worth of tape on him. Mm-hmm. And this season was not a good one for Duke at all. So, you know, how, how bad was he? How bad was the team? It's, it's very odd. It's, it's an odd year for him. He's a bit of a mystery man in that respect. And, and he's one of those players who I would say is like a Spurs Twitter favorite where I get it when, when, whenever his name goes out there, I see a lot of people get excited about him. They like, you know, take Jalen Johnson. They, a lot of people say that. Yes. So, is that kind of what you see as well? I've, I've been seeing that a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he scares me, not even because of the, the personal stuff. If you're, if you're the spur, if, if he gets drafted by the Spurs, then they did, I trusted they did their research and they said, all right, we're, you know, yeah. we're good on that. That doesn't bother us. We're going to develop him as a player and we're good with his character. Um, but I, I think his on court stuff is going to be an issue. I just don't know what you're going to get out of him. Okay, that's interesting. Um, next player is Moses Moody, um, 6'6", out of Arkansas. Um, he's, he's also participating in the draft combine. Yes, he is. I would say he is another uh, Spurs Twitter favorite. I, I see his name quite a bit. Yeah, I've seen a lot of A lot of people think that he will fall to the Spurs, but I also I don't know if he's really a guy who – that he should be expected to go much higher than twelve. Yeah. So I don't really know if saying that he's going to fall there is accurate, but uh, like you said, six six, he is a kind of your prototypical three and D guy. Uh, very good defender, uh, solid on threes. Gets gets into the mid range a little bit. I don't think he finished a whole lot at the rim this year, but he's he's a solid mid range and three point shooter. Okay, and yeah, what's interesting here with him is that he's actually it would it would almost look like the Spurs to to reach for him because uh you know he is right now on our, on our project Spurs draft first uh, uh looks like he's gonna go thirteenth right now and the highest I had, see him is eighth and then you know the lowest is is eighteenth uh, so he like I see a fifteenth eighteenth in there so you know who knows okay. um next player is, is another uh, Spurs Twitter favorite here I, I see his name a lot on Twitter um Kai Jones six eleven out of Texas he is at the combine and, and just before you and I recorded we just got reporting that he actually um, was interviewed or worked out with the Spurs so so we do know that the Spurs have some level of interest in him Kai Jones go ahead and they should have some level of interest in him he's in their backyard played at Texas uh six I think he he came in at six ten or six eleven in shoes which is great um fantastic athlete still kind of learning the game a bit but he's a guy who has major upside and I think a lot of Spurs fans are coming around on him in the last week or so. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very excited about him. A lot. I know a lot of Texas people in particular are very high on him. And um, he, he showed some flashes of shooting at Texas. And so if, if that can translate to the next level, I think he's going to be a really nice pick at 12. I can, I, there are a few guys where like, if they get picked at 12, you really got to talk me into it. There are a few guys where they get picked at 12. And I kind of think to myself, okay, that's fine. And there are some guys, you know, I get, I would get really excited about at 12. Uh, Kai, Kai Jones is like somewhere in between, you know, okay. I feel pretty good. And I, I, I feel like, okay, they took a little swing here. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Uh, the next player is, uh, it looks like international uh, Alperin Sengun, um, six, nine out of Besiktas in Turkey. Uh, you have anything on him? Uh, I, I told a lot of people this, um, for the last couple of weeks, they've been complaining that I don't, we don't, you know, we don't have them on our draft board or whatever, but that's because I, I mostly do college guys. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, uh, check out the overseas guys very often. Yeah. Uh, um, I know ironic for someone who writes about the Spurs, but um, from what I have heard and from what I have read, he is 
I mean, he's the MVP of the Turkish league, which is probably the second best European league behind the Spanish league. Mm-hmm. He's so, and he's 19. So that's nothing to sneeze at. Obviously um, very good post player, very good passer out of the post as well. Basically a, a good offensive player who, who's not a shooter yet, not a three point shooter anyway. Um, he's going to have to, he's going to have to really work on his defense, mm-hmm. but he's, probably a little too small to play center mm-hmm. at six, nine, but I guess if, you know, if you go small ball, it's not a big deal. So I, I'm, I'm not totally sure about it. I've actually seen some mock drafts that have the magic taking him at eight, which I yeah. think is kind mm-hmm. of nuts, but uh, somebody clearly knows something I don't, or they, they believe they know something that I don't. So, um, you know, I don't know. It, it's, it's starting to look like he may not even make it to 12. So we'll see. Yeah. So he's all over the place. Like you said, the highest I see him is eight, but then also I see someone who has him in the, in the second round 31st. So that's wild. Know, his, his, his range is all over the place. Like, like you mentioned. I don't, I don't think he'll end up in the second round. He's okay. I think yeah. the the ceiling on him and what he did in the Turkish league is going to be too much for people to, to sleep on him that long. Yeah, the average on our Project Spurs draft board is a sixteenth for him. So yeah, definitely okay. there in the first round. All right, so Ben, uh, everyone that I just discussed there, except for um Sengun, was was a player that you and Josh put at this recently. Um, you know, Josh wrote about it and, and you gave him the quotes for that. Uh, y- y'all really, y'all recently, right after the draft ended, y'all put a, y'all put a piece together. Um, it was called um, you know, looking at twelve realistic um picks for the Spurs with the uh, fourth with the twelfth pick, should I say? And so so um, some of those players that we just mentioned right now were, were in that piece already. So you've kind of given your background. Now we're gonna go through some other players who who, who are not kind of projected with the Spurs. Are these are actually players a little bit lower in the first round uh um and so not lower but you know falling further in the 20s here and so let's just go through some of those other players and then uh, i was going to ask you this just more so of a of an aside um you know what were y'all going to do had the spurs gotten to the top four <laughs> you know oh, uh, there was there was no plan for okay, if okay. the spurs somehow snuck into the top four there was we were we were going to be uh dead in the water absolutely yeah. So okay, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, because before that, Josh had you know reached out to me, to mentioning that y'all were working on something for the for the twelfth pick projection. I was like, what, what what happens if they get fourth, you know, or you know third or something? So come yeah, on, so. we're we're Spurs fans. We don't have that much optimism. I know in my cap sheets, I had already put in the the cap hold for the twelfth pick. I was not thinking about changing it to, to anybody else. <laughs> All right, so let's go to some of these players that you also um targeted here. And let me just ask you this on that piece. So these are the players who, when when you had the rankings there, twelve to one. What what were those rankings based on? Were those like you think that's the best option first, uh, building all the way up to twelfth, or do you think you know what was that the mindset there? So it wasn't necessarily who I believe is the best choice for the way I did the rankings was, and Josh and I discussed this. It was mm-hmm. um, we did it on who we thought was most realistically going to be oh, going to be at there. 12. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. Like so who, that's how it is. who would the Spurs most likely take assuming all of those guys are available at 12, who would they most likely take? Okay. So now let's go through some other players from that article that y'all, that y'all, y'all discussed. Um, first player is Cam Thomas, six, uh, four out of LSU. Uh, right now he's projected to go sec, uh, 22nd. Uh, and he also was at the combine. Go ahead. Yeah. Major volume shooter. He basically was the LSU offense this past year, uh, which meant his percentages may not have been as great as they could be, but he is a fearless shooter. He's also a younger guy in this draft. I think he's 19 right now, so and he'll be 19 at the point of the draft. So uh, a solid pick, but a guy who I've been seeing is sliding down the drafts a little bit probably won't, uh, probably would be a reach at 12 at this point. 
Okay, our next player is A.U. Dosunmu, uh, 6'5 out of Illinois. He's projected to go 24th right now. He, he is also at the Combine. Go ahead. Excellent player in the Big Ten. Had a really nice career at Illinois. I happen to think um, that basically wherever he gets drafted is probably going to be too low. I think he's going to get drafted in the 20s, and it's probably going to be too low, but it's, it's also a reach for him at 12. Um, he's kind of one of those guys where it's like, you know, if he gets drafted at 25 or 26, you're, you're kind of thinking, Oh, I think a team just got a bit of a steal here. If he, but if he gets drafted at like 13 or 14, you're saying, Oh, they, I think they reached for him. They probably could have waited and traded back or they, you know, they should, they shouldn't have gone with him. They should have gone with a guy who was probably ranked higher on the boards. Okay, yeah, and I see the highest mock has him at 17th. So, yeah, so definitely uh, quite a ways away from 12. Uh, let's go to our next player is Trey Mann, 6'4", out of Florida. Um, he's also projected in the average to be at 24th spot. Um, he, he also is at the Combine. Yes, a guy who actually grew a few inches after his freshman year, which is huge because now he's got really nice combo guard size. A uh, guy who – he was another guy who took on a huge – offensive load for the Florida Gators after they lost their best player for the season, uh, only four games in. So he's, he's had, he had to do a lot. He had to do a lot of playmaking that he had not been used to. He had to do a lot of shooting that he hadn't been used to. And he made major strides from his freshman to his sophomore year. So I think you definitely have to consider that if you're, you know, if you're a team that's looking for a guard, maybe you can, cause he can play kind of off and on ball. So mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's versatile like that. Okay, next player is uh, another Texas player, uh, Greg Brown, 6'9 out of Texas, uh, currently projected to go 29th on our on our Product Spurs draft board. Uh, he's also at the Combine. Early in the mock draft season, and I mean really early, uh, he was a lottery guy. I think he's been moved down into the 20s since then, or near the 20s. But he's yeah. – so he's – he was a freshman this past season. Kai Jones was a sophomore. And I think that, that one extra year – for Kai Jones showed up uh, in his tape. Uh, Greg Jones is a guy, another guy, great possible ceiling for him. But I think his floor could be really low if he doesn't f- kind of figure some things out. Uh, there were times, I mean, there were times Shaka Smart didn't play him oh, wow. because uh, because he was just, he was taking too many shots or he, he wasn't working within the offense. Uh, but he is like a 6'9", he's an athletic freak. Uh, major high flyer, and he he showed flashes of being able to shoot the three as well. Okay, okay, so that's Greg Brown of Texas. Uh, next player is uh, Zaire Williams, six eight out of Stanford. Um, currently projected to go eighteenth. Uh, he's also at the combine. This this is a guy I I really like. I actually would be pretty happy if the Spurs got him at twelve. The more and more I read and, and look at his tape and things like that, the more I get excited about him because. Mm-hmm. He, he had a very uneven year. There is no doubt about that. But Stanford, people are people refuse to look at the context of his season. Yes, he played in the same you know pandemic season as everybody else. Hmm. But because he went to Stanford and he was in California, the the laws and rules were much stricter. They they didn't have they basically didn't have a home gym. He uh-huh. was like he was working out in hotels and whatever equipment they could bring on the road. I mean, he had no consistency last year with, you know, in regards to what the team was doing week to week. Yeah. So 
I, I think, and, and some of the videos that I've seen of him working out, his shot looks much better. He looks much more confident. And I think he actually measured really well. I think he measured at six, eight without shoes. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people had him at six, seven. So I think that will actually make a huge difference. Him being a little bigger. Cause he, he has some guard skills as well. And, you know, he was a t- I think he was a top 10 recruit when he was coming out of high school. And there's, you know, there's a reason for that. And he, he didn't have, I don't want to bad talk a guy, but he didn't have a season like BJ Boston who was also a top 10 guy came out, had all these expectations and was horrible. Yeah. He had a horrific season that that whole Kentucky team had a horrific season. And so, you know, you, you, you can make excuses and things, but I mean, I don't know what BJ Boston's was. They at least had a, mm-hmm. a gym they could work out of and stuff. Mm-hmm. Zaire, Zaire, you know, Zaire Williams didn't have that. So I, I think for him to come out, show up, do all the testing and test, test well, I think that's huge for him. And I think that's going to boost his stock. So I actually happen to like him as a sleeper pick at 12. Yeah. And he's right there. I mean, you, you see some mocks of 14, 16, you know, so yeah, he's not too, too far away from, from, from 12. So that wouldn't look like, you know, an overreach for the Spurs if he, if he gets there first at 12. All right. Our, our last player for the, for the article that you and Josh wrote was um, uh, Isaiah Jackson, 6'10 out of Kentucky. Uh, he was, um, he's currently projected to go 21st right now. And he's also at the combine. Yes. He, he is a guy, if you're drafting for defense, that's the dude to draft. If you need a defensive big, he's mm-hmm. your guy. No question. He's going to have to put on some weight, but he's a pogo stick. He gets up. He blocks shots. He's a great rim protector. Uh, offensive game is burgeoning a little bit. He showed uh, he could hit a couple of 15-foot uh, you know, short corner jumpers here and there. Uh, limited driving ability. Doesn't really have post moves. Gets a lot of his stuff on cleanup duty and lobs which is fine. People have, people make that work, Clint Capella. Yeah. So, you know, there is a role he can play, but I don't think he's – I don't think if you're the Spurs, you you go and reach for that at 12. Okay, yeah. And one of the mocks does have him actually before that at, at 11, just one of them. The rest wow. of them have, have him kind of in the 20s and the, and the late teens. All right, and so you know the second round is always just you know it's 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 hard it's really hard to predict, to, predict, to predict the second round and just right now just where a few mocks have some different players here uh, that I have listed um at the forty first pick for the Spurs there's a uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl six nine out of Villanova a player that you've written about he's also at the combine do you have anything on him Yeah, I really like him. Um, if he falls to forty one, I would love that pick. I think he can. He does a lot of things very well. He's a kind of jack of all trades, master of none, but good at a little bit of everything. And uh, he probably has to work on his three-point shooting a little bit, but he's a dude who can post up. He'll go after offensive rebounds for you. I mean, he's a smart player who went to Villanova. So the pedigree is there. The IQ is there. And and he's going to work. So I, I would like that pick a lot. Okay, yeah, and you're right. You know, he does project right now to go at 37, so four picks before the Spurs even get him at 41 as of right now on a few different mocks. Uh, then we have uh, let's go. Let's give over to Austin Reeves, six five, uh, out of Oklahoma. Um, he, he was also participating in the combine, and I believe is he one of the players you've written about? No, no, he's not. Okay, no. but what do you, uh, just do you have any background on him? I do not have much on him, okay. but getting, I feel like getting even regardless of what happens with the Spurs guards this off season, I think they still need to address, you know, if you get, if you get a forward in the first round, you need to get a big in the second mm-hmm. vice, vice versa. Yeah. So I, I think getting a shooting guard is not ideal unless he, unless you find that he is just an excellent shooter and you say you have to have him mm-hmm. otherwise not worth it. 
Okay. And then the last two players, we don't have to go a deep dive on these because they're both international players. We have, I'm, I'm probably going to butcher his name here. We have Rokas Jokubaitis, uh, 6'4 out of Zalgiris in, in Lithuania. And then we have Juhan uh, Bagarin, 6'5 out of Paris, France. Uh, do you have anything on either of those two players? I do not. Okay. So this, <laughs> if the Spurs draft these two guys, it's probably more so like they want to save cap space and not have to sign these players or like put them on the, in the Austin. Re- in yeah. So those are, probably, those are draft and stash for sure. Exactly. So yeah. So if we do see the Spurs probably take those players, we, we doubt that they're going to bring them over uh, this coming season. But again, those are two different players. So, so those are a few players right now in the 12th spot. Um, also in the 40, 41st pick. And also that from that article that, that Josh and, and Ben worked on again, you can see that on project Spurs. Uh, so the last part of this uh, with draft prospects is now that, you know, now that the combines actually happening, uh, over the last week, uh, we're starting to get you know different um, rumors and reports of interviews and workouts of different prospects. And so we already talked about Kai Jones uh, of six eleven out of Texas, and we know that the Spurs have contacted him. Uh, then now let's go through a few other names here that, that that the Spurs have reportedly talked to or worked out. Uh, the first player, LJ Figueroa, um, six six um, out of Oregon, and he, uh, he's not even projected to go on any of the mocks, so he's probably past sixty here. Do you have anything on him? Yeah, I don't. I uh, he was. Not the reason I watched Oregon. I'll put it that way. When I when I did turn on a Pac-12 game, um, and I think you know you could label him as a sleeper because he's not ranked in the top sixty on yeah. big boards or whatever. But um, yeah, I was very surprised that the Spurs bothered with an interview. But I guess they're just kind of putting feelers out. I mean, if you don't have a limit on how many interviews you could do, you might as well, right? Yeah, and I also think like it, what what normally happens is like whenever a team like um you know uh, interviews a player who's going to probably not even make the, the both of the first and second round. I think they're also gearing up for either the two-way contracts or maybe looking at um for summer league, you know, starting to, Yeah, summer uh, league invites you know, for sure. Yeah, so maybe like maybe in a few months when we see summer league come out, maybe a figure is on there maybe because they spoke with him and you know if he doesn't get drafted. All right, uh another player, uh, these are actually two other players that you've written about, Ben. Uh we have Trey Murphy, the third here, 69 out of Virginia. Uh, he's projected to go 27th right now. Um and the Spurs have apparently either interviewed him or worked him out what do you have on him i like his game i just recently wrote him up for those uh mm-hmm. we're gonna go looking on project spurs um out of virginia a guy who knows how to play defense that's what virginia does pack line so he's gonna be able to protect the paint for you uh pretty good catch and shoot shooter mm-hmm. um has to work on on stuff on the move but for the most part solid player um i when i I had been thinking about writing him up a few weeks back, but by the time he got chosen in the poll, yeah. uh, he was he was moving up draft boards. So mm-hmm. he's he's likely no longer a second rounder. But when I initially looked, that's where I really I really liked him at forty one. But I don't think he'll last that long. Yeah, he it looks like he's in a lot of the first rounds in the in the like 25, 23 range right now. Um and then one of them has second. All right, and the last player you just wrote about this past week uh is Keon Johnson, 65 out of Tennessee. Uh this this player looks more so like a um like a player who either the Spurs would, would hope that he falls to them or maybe even they trade up because everyone has him on average around 6th to, to ninth, so so well before the 12th pick. Uh what do you have on him and and what do you think about that 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 the fact that they interviewed him or, or worked him out the uh do you think they have interest in trading up or maybe just hoping that he falls? Probably hoping that he falls. This Spurs okay. team is not aggressive. Yeah. When it yeah. comes to draft day tra- you know draft day trades. So I'd imagine they're not going to move up for him. You, they're they're not moving up for another guard. I I just gotta believe that if they're gonna move up, they're going up and getting Evan Mobley. Yeah, mm-hmm. or or they're trying to get you know Jonathan Kuminga or maybe even you know maybe Jalen Green, who's kind of a guard. But um, Keon Johnson is a freak. 
He is an absolute athletic freak. He just broke a 20-year-old record at the NBA Combine for highest vertical. He had, I think it was a 48-inch vertical. That's, you know, that's like a running two-foot jump vertical. And then I think he had like a 41-inch standing vertical, you know, just what it, exactly what it sounds like. You're standing there on two feet and you just go straight up, 41 inches. So dude can get up. He can get to the rim. That is not a problem. Uh, he had kind of a slow start at Tennessee this year, picked it up in the second half of the year. Still not really a shooter. He's streaky on that end, but he's a guy who's going to get after it defensively for you. He's going to shut down whoever you put him on, and he's going to give you great effort uh, night in and night out. Okay, so yeah, that's Keon Johnson who Ben just wrote about this past week. So um, yeah, thanks, thanks again to Ben here for for all that you know that all that insight on on the different draft prospects. Uh, you know, as, as we know that we're going to have him on for sure on the Spurs cast as as the draft approaches here on, on before July 29th. Uh, don't forget to visit projectspurs.com. Um, that that piece that Ben and Josh worked on it's called San Antonio Spurs ranking 12 realistic NBA draft options with the 12th pick. Uh, that's up on Project Spurs. Ben's latest prospect watch is over Keon Johnson, like we just mentioned. So so that's up there as well, and he'll continue to to work on prospect watches before the draft gets here uh we also have the 2021 uh, draft prospects board which i've been referencing throughout this episode to go ahead and check that out on project spurs and one of the cool things is ben pretty much like lets me know when there's like a new mock draft and i just quickly update it within that before the end of the night so yeah so so we're, we're, pre- we're staying pretty efficient with that and of course now that we're getting all these rumors of different players the spurs are working out or, or interviewing we're going to make sure to update that on the draft board as well you can see a little link there to who reported the rumor uh and then of course on our on our other project spurs network site uh, analyzing the league we're getting ready for free agency we have the 2021 free agent database is, is live already and then i've also been putting out different scouting reports on different players uh who, who might be realistic targets for, for the spurs uh with that casters that they had so thanks again to ben for joining me here on the spurs cast and also to michael de leon for mixing and producing this episode from all of us at product spurs stay safe and have a great day